This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. This this is the bonfire on the Blaze Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Bonfire Podcast. Here once again, I have with me a very special guest today. And it's funny, I met her for work-related reasons and kind of bumped into her and I thought, you know what? I want to talk to her. I'm going to bring her on. Everybody, Miss Danielle Doty. Got it right. Correct. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. It's uh, You were Miss Teen USA 2011, correct? I was. Did you research? A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, well, go ahead and explain. Kind of like a day in the life of somebody in a beauty pageant. Because I had a friend years ago who I was more of an acquaintance with, and she was really vague about it, so I, I have no idea what yeah, happens. It's definitely not the first thing you'll meet about me, just because some people have those stereotypes where it's yes, they do. a very pageanty type of person, and that's definitely not me. So mm-hmm. for... Miss Teen USA, I actually competed for Texas Teen, and it's a huge, I mean, Texas in itself is a huge pageant system. Yeah. And so I ended up winning on my first time, and instead of going to Baylor and being a cheerleader at Baylor, I ended up winning Miss Teen USA, going to New York for the year. So I, after I won in the Bahamas, I was flown to Florida for two days, flown to New York for two weeks, back home to pack a bag, and New York for the year. Jeez. So kind of flip-flopped <laughs> my life. And after um, after that, I was working with charitable alliances. I was going into hospitals, working with kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, dream job. Nice. If yeah. I could do it for the rest of my life, I totally would have. But right. um, it is a year job. So I got to attend, you know, red carpet events. Donald Trump was my boss for, for that year. And yeah. then I um, ended up heading back to TCU to go to school there, sports broadcasting and Long story short, I am here. I think you made the right decision not going to Baylor. That's uh, that's another issue. Oh, right? uh, yeah, that's kind of floating <laughs> around through the through the world, the social media world right now. That's funny. Um, yeah, you got to go to the Bahamas and Florida and New York. I like that. That's a good uh, yeah, good little I variety. Went to Germany with the USO. So I feel nice. like as, at the time I was eighteen. So as an eighteen year old, I feel like I accomplished quite a bit. Wait, you did all that by eighteen? By eighteen. I guess yeah, Miss Teen USA does make sense. Jeez. Yes. I mean, I've been to those places too, but it took me till I was 25, I think, to make it to those places. So <laughs> I would have never have gone to most of those places if that was if I wasn't Miss Teen USA. So right. I'm glad it got me out traveling. I'm born and raised in Harlingen, which is probably a lot of people don't know about it. So mm-hmm. South Texas, like from Dallas, nine hours south. Jeez. So yeah, Harlingen. By the border, right? Yeah. By the border, so when they're flying in and doing all the border wall stories, mm-hmm. they're flying into Harlingen. Dang. Yep, that's so how, me. W- how close to the border? Because Bra- Brownsville's right on it. So I'm like five minutes from Brownsville, so I'm Jeez. literally 20 minutes from the border of Mexico. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, growing up, we used to go over there for dinner. So to Mexico? Yeah. Nice. So that's kind of a I like that. crazy world of it, but yeah, so... I never would have known what was out there if I didn't get the chance to go to New York, and now I mm-hmm. kind of have a bigger picture. That's awesome. Yeah. I like it. And it's funny, just she was here at the studios, wandering around, helping uh, another coworker of mine do this uh, digital series, her own TV show, and kind of bumped into her, and then, yeah. I don't know, just clicked. I thought, you know what? Why don't I just have her on? And then here's the topic oh, that gosh. I wanted to <laughs> have her on. 
and she'll have her thoughts, and mine will probably be the same because this is just ridiculous. They're on Dr. Phil, which first, that's the first issue, Dr. Phil. <laughs> I agree. Dr. Phil this week had a boyfriend and a girlfriend on, and the dude would say, hey, I'm not marrying the mother of my chi- uh, child until she gets wife lessons. I read that headline. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. You, you can't say that. Absolutely horrible. I am. He was like, well, wait, she needs to learn how to cook and clean and do that. And then his case was saying, look, she's not working. She's not doing anything anyway. So... I wanted her to do something. Right. But then on her end, you should know better. Like, this guy's just a jerk. Why are you with right. him? And it's, Ugh. you know, when you're in a relationship like that, it's easier for us on the outside to judge and just say, like, you know mm-hmm. what? Just get out of it. Just drop it. It's really not that simple. That's why most people don't do it. They just say, well, I love him or I love her. It's easier said than done. But, honey, you really should leave that kind of guy. You should yeah, not be treated that them. way. Toxic situation. So, wait, sure. now you actually watched. Oh, yeah. Like the segment. I, I couldn't. I couldn't. So, why don't you go and tell me, uh, so watching the segment, you see that headline and you're like, mm-hmm. this guy has issues. Yes, he does. But when they like dove into the situation, they both were, oh gosh, crazy. Doesn't even begin to start to explain them. Um, I kind of felt bad for the guy, but then you obviously felt bad for the girl because mm-hmm. of what he's telling her to do. But then they played it out and she was acting like the victim when she was kind of picking at him and making him kind of come out to be the inappropriate way he was. So, gosh, from what you read, mm-hmm. you just read, you know, t- headline, kind of dove into it a little bit, but, right. oh gosh, I, I want you to watch it. No. <laughs> because to say the least, it was, she she literally came out and was like, I, um, he's bullying me, he's doing this, but she was doing the same thing. And in his defense, like, he is working, he's the mm-hmm. one bringing home the money, and, you know, he's definitely way too controlling. If that was... If I was in that relationship, my best advice would also be to just leave that situation. But she was go like not, she just wasn't. I don't know. They were both so not there. Are they both? They got to be in their thirties, correct? They oh did, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So by that age, though, you're not really dealing with the cream of the crop anymore. That's mm. that's the bad part. <laughs> you only oh. have so many options, and that's what's so terrible is if you wait too long or things just happen, who are you really going to end up with? Yeah. Or fine, you're going to find some guy who says, you need wife lessons, and then you'll find the woman who says, well, supposedly, I just want to sit around at the house all day. I don't have a job. I don't want to do anything. You think, well, neither one of you are really bringing out the best in one another. You're both bringing out the worst. Absolutely. In and the sexes. You're bringing out the worst part of a guy. You're bringing out the worst part <laughs> of a girl. Nobody's winning. And then when you put it on Dr. Phil, everyone's watching like, oh, wow, this, oh, it's just. I know. And the way they like annoying. prefaced it out was, you know, he... Emptied the air in the tires. He took oh, out the yeah. battery in the car. I read that. Um, God. <laughs> Anal. And, <laughs> yeah, I honestly think he just needed, he needs help first because I think if he got the help first, then it would kind of like help out the situation because he was just super OCD. Wanted mm. everything oh, yeah. done his way. Mm. And that's the whole part of a relationship is there's a give and take. And they need to do a lot of that. For sure. <laughs> there's actually a lot of just giving. Like, hey, I'm giving you my worst. Yeah. Take it. <laughs> You're like, ooh. Yeah, so the guy, there's a better way to be kinder about it. If he wanted his wife to work, there would be, or not his wife, his girlfriend. Well, First that was of the all, thing, too. You're already Wait, having kids and you're not even married yet. But one just, kid, oh. one kid not with him. A girl, a baby girl with him, and now another baby on the way. So he has three kids. Well, yes. Like total, but yes, one of them kids. is not from her. Two of them are from her. Yes, coming. She's like, go right, right now. 
And so, um, yeah, I feel like you need to like understand your relationship and before you want to have three kids. Yes. And that was, that was an, I guess, advice from Dr. Phil is he was saying you probably should have talked about these things before you decided to bring a baby on into yeah. the world. Mm-hmm. Um, That'll turn your world upside down. I don't know because I don't have kids, but that's what I'm told. That It kind of changes everything. Yeah, I feel like he was so. just picking someone out of a magazine and deciding like he wanted to have a baby with them because he was literally talking about her like physical aspects and nothing. That's about right. He did inside. say that. He's like, she's great physically, but mentally... She still needs work. You're yeah. Like, Oof, jeez. Yeah, no. You're, then you just said you're using her for her body. You just said that. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, now I think I should try to improve her mind. You got it totally backwards. Yeah, no, that was it. Mm. That is our society. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I can't, I can't even form a sentence because I'm just flabbergasted at that entire story. It's, it's sad. I mean, obviously we're not in that relationship. We each have our own where I think mine's going well. And it's all about, like you said, it's just give and take. So yeah, I'm it's not glad. always going to be your way. Oh, absolutely. And that's not. a hard thing to learn. But yep. you, if you don't, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. And you don't just start having kids and then be like, well, now should I marry her or what should I do? You're just like, you just you just dove headfirst into it. <laughs> and now yeah. you're thinking, ooh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. You're just backwards. So that's a lesson. Let's just kind of watch what yeah. we're doing and I feel not like rush he's into from things. Like 50 years ago, that era of like yeah. wanting the wife to stay at home, take care of the kids. And if she's going to do that, Great. Like, I would love to be a stay-at-home mom sometime yeah. in my life. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, in today's day and age, that's just, you can't put restrictions like that on a woman, to say the least. Right. Let her decide if she wants to be the housewife. And I know lots of girls that I went to college with who said, we want to be housewives. Yeah. Like, well, great. Then that's your choice. And I'm full for that. Or if, you want, if you're a girl who says, I want to go be a doctor, like, good for you. Great. Yeah. Whatever the hell you want to do is, great. is you. That's you. And then when you find your boyfriend and your eventual husband, maybe, then that's what that's the two of you talk about it to say, okay, what are we going to do as a couple? Should I drop out of work? Or are we both going to work when we have kids? Are we going to get married? You have those discussions. You take things one thing at a time. Don't well, just, yeah. And if, it's ugh. like if you're, if you're having a kid and you're living in the same house, what's his is hers and hers is his. Like, and they're, so he was so like, this is my house. This is my car. This is my this. And I'm like. If you want to be the one to like have authority over her, like that's that's not gonna work. Like you don't have to share things. What's y'all are having kids together? Like y'all have a life together. If y'all want to get married and put a ring on it, whatever. But it's got to be shared because him saying, "Oh, well, it's my car. I thought she was gonna go wreck it." Like, where's the trust? Come on. He just wants to own everything. Yeah. He says, "My house, my this, my that." No, 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 no. If you're in a relationship and you take it far enough and one day get married, then it becomes ours. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter who paid for it, like who yep. brought the money. Well, once you buy it and say, no, this is our house, we're sharing it together. This is our car. This is our bank account. That's, mm-hmm. It's difficult, but that's what you do. You yeah. don't just keep like, this is my money. That's your money. <laughs> no, you share Especially it. Especially if she's not going to work. Like, right. how does how does he expect her to get money? Because that was another thing. She was like, he was saying that he could, she couldn't go out to see her family or her parents or something like that. And then um, she was spending, oh, this one got me. I have long hair, long blonde hair. Mm-hmm. He said she, that she was wasting electricity on her hair because she had to blow dry it. And then wasting money on makeup because he didn't want her to put it on. Why didn't he want her to put it on? Because it was a waste wa- of money? A waste or of money. Okay. Waste of money. And I'm like... I get it. You're a guy and you don't understand like you gotta have to blow dry your hair. Or you have to put some makeup on. Hey, I, I hate wearing makeup when I'm home at my house, but or even when I go out, like I don't 
have to wear. When I want to wear makeup, when I want to dress up, when I want to do something, I'm going to put makeup on. If you told mm-hmm. me not to, oof. <laughs> God help you. It's funny. I am a pageant girl for that part. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I, well, to be fair, dudes do the same thing. They don't do makeup, but they definitely look in the mirror and be like, okay, am I ready to go out yet? Exactly. They do the exact same thing, Chuck. And so. my, my boyfriend will blow dry his hair, too. I hope I didn't throw him under the bus on that one, but he will. Well, we'll find out. You got to style it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to style it, yes. Exactly. And whatever that in, whatever that means, then go ahead. I use wax in my hair. Go. Just a little bit of wax, and I'm like, all right, now it stays like this during the day. It doesn't fall into my face. And guys but yeah, do I do style it. Absolutely. Yeah. And we have to do our thing. Anyways, I'm glad how I'm glad how Dr. Phil ended it because did you get to hear that part? No. What do you say? Well, first of all, the, Hopefully he smacks some the sense husband into them. said that he didn't want to pay for therapy because he didn't have the money. Okay, gotcha. So, of course, Dr. Phil's going to pay for it, and they're oh, both okay. willing to go. But he, mm. the husband wanted to separate, and she broke into tears saying that she didn't want to. And so they need to go to therapy. They need to figure out their life. Who are we yeah, to judge do. them? Even though we kind of did, but that's okay. Right. That's okay. I would like to just see it resolved because that is really sad. I can't imagine if I were in that scenario, being in my 30s, Feeling desperate, that does happen. People feel alone. And so sometimes you just cling on to the first thing you see. Mm-hmm. Definitely not the right thing to do. No. And I think a number of us have been there before. That we're like, oof, I need to get out of this because yeah. I was desperate. I was lonely. Yes, fine. Okay, I just I need to be on. single and move on. Take it's difficult. It's absolutely difficult, yeah. But you feel much better in the end that you're like, wow, that was the right decision. This is not the right decision. Don't be telling your girlfriend, like, no, I'm not going to marry you until you you know get your act together. Psh, please. Yeah. Get some help. Conceded. Let's get into that point. Get yeah. some help. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, there is the A Block, and I'll be back on the other side to discuss a documentary that I saw this weekend. This is the Bonfire on the Blaze Radio Network On Demand. The progressive movement is full of lies. Why do Americans keep falling for the deception? In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck reveals the simple answer, fear. At our most basic level, we're all afraid of something, and progressives exploit this by offering us solutions to our fears. Solutions based on lies and an unrelenting hunger for power and control. Understanding the roots of these lies is key to helping us stop the disease of progressivism. Liars by Glenn Beck. On sale now at glennbeck.com slash liars. This is the Bonfire On Demand on the Blaze Radio Network. Here's your host, Andrew Herzog. All right, we're back on the other side here to talk about a, another documentary review. And that's what we do here. Movies, the travel, the food, the sports, whatever. Sports is usually not my thing, but <laughs> I do it when I can. This documentary, it's just called Happy. Happy. It's on Netflix. I believe it was 2011. So about six years old. I do not have the trailer readily available like I usually do. But that's okay. This documentary, I'm going to give it a three out of five on the bonfire scale. So a couple weeks ago, I did one on minimalism. Then another one, I think Hungry for Change. It was about food. Both of those, you know, four out of five, five out of five. Both excellent documentaries. But for this one, Happy, it's just three out of five. Meaning it's good. It wasn't great. Didn't blow me away. It was sort of concepts and ideas that I was already familiar with. And I thought, oh, okay, well, still it was worth. And it was an hour 15. So that's pretty good. That's pretty good for a, a little documentary. It's not eating up your entire evening, wasting any amount of time really that you'd spend doing something else. I thought this was a perfect length. And here are a few little nuggets of information that I took from it. So three out of five, it was okay. In the documentary, they said 50% 
of the differences in our happiness levels, you know, between people can be determined by your genes. So they were suggesting some people are just born a certain way that they're more more likely to be happy. They have like a predisposition to be happy, happier than others. Okay, that might be fair. Then they said about 10% is really only about the circumstances that you find yourself in. So if you're having a really crappy day, you know, that's only 10% likelihood that it'll affect your mood. 50% is your genes, and then 40% is something that they said, well, we haven't really identified what that might be. 10% is really your circumstance. So if you're having a really terrible day, that shouldn't really be a problem. Just deal with it. And the happiness is a choice. The joy. They said, you know what? Over time, we lose dopamine. And dopamine is one of the chemicals that's released in our brain and into our bodies that can be associated with happiness. When people smile and they're in a good mood, okay? That's dopamine. We lose dopamine synapses over time. So the older you get, supposedly the less likely you can be happy because you're losing those connections in your brain in between your body and having it go into your bloodstream and everything just you're going to lose it so they're saying it's basically like a use it or lose it mentality if you're not used to being happy and you're getting older those synapses and connections will probably die off more so than usual so practice being happy okay it's fair i've heard that before happiness is a choice you have to you have to decide Happiness doesn't happen to you. You have to find it yourself. And everybody can define it in a different way, saying like, well, food makes me happy when I get this type of meal for lunchtime. That's my best part of my day. And therefore, that makes the rest of the day a great day, no matter what happens. Okay. Whatever it is. I get to see my family here tonight at the end of the day. Great. That's what motivates you for the day and puts you in a good mood. Excellent. Everyone has a different metric for happiness. So here's another quote. There's no such thing as pleasure without pain. That's very true. And I've said this before, I believe, um, from one of my favorite bands, Switchfoot. One of the songs is called The Shadow Proves the Sunshine. Think about that. It's absolutely true. You couldn't have shadows if we didn't have a sun. So the shadow, being the bad, versus the sunlight, which is the good. There's no such thing as pleasure without pain. You won't know what pleasure is unless you actually knew what pain was, and vice versa. You have to have both. You can't have a life. That's all pleasure and no pain. That's just not realistic, and that's not how it works. You have to have that dichotomy for them to both make sense. Pleasure is pleasurable because the pain is so painful. (laughs) That's it. That's really all there is to it. So when the crap hit the fan, realize, okay, this is happening. It's life. Life isn't fair sometimes, or most of the time. But I can still be happy. I can still find the goodness in the world. I can still find that sunlight. And then a little a little part of the documentary, they kind of went to Okinawa, and they said Okinawa has some of the oldest people in the world. And they say they're happy. Well, why are they happy? What makes them happy versus someone in America who may have all these possessions and all these other things? How come Okinawans, you know, centennials, over people over 100 years old, are so much more happy? Well, they said, look, the fact that they have family, and friends, that they rely on one another like that. When something bad happens to an individual or to a family, the village comes out to help that person or that family. I've said that here before, and I said that last week about UBI, Universal Basic Income. It's not the government's job to come in and step in. That should be us as human beings to say, look, my neighbor down the street is having a rough time. 
I know he just got fired. Okay, that you know you have to know what's going on in your neighbor's your neighbor's life or your friends, your family, extended family. You have to be up to date on those things. So when they have a really rough time, you're able to step in and say, you know what? Why don't you crash at my house for a little bit? I'll let you sleep on the couch or take this guest room. I'm not going to charge you rent, of course not, because you're having a rough time. I understand that. Or your house was foreclosed. You lost your job and you can't afford groceries. Well, we'll buy them for you. Come over for dinner. We'll, we'll, we'll cook for you. And then you can go over to our friend's house next week for a couple nights and they'll cook for you and you can eat with them and have a place to sleep. That's where we need to come together as a community of choice. We are choosing to be charitable, not the government taking our money to support them. It's much better if we do it ourselves. It's a lot harder. Oh, yeah. But it's much better if we do it. That's what they're doing in Okinawa. <laughs> they're saying when someone loses their family, the village takes them in and they all look after that person. Okay. They're not communists. <laughs> they're not like, well, we need to do it so we can all share in the wealth and, you know, means of production. No. It's just charity. Caring about your fellow man. And then getting them back up on their feet to say, all right, well, if you don't have a job, let's help you find one. And then you can get back to taking care of yourself, self-reliance. Or if you're just too old and you're not going to find work, well, then why don't we spread that responsibility out? We'll help you uh, feed you, uh, make sure your bills are paid, or you can just live with us. They have a definitely whole different you know, family concept over there where family is very close. Grandparents, children, grandchildren, they all either live in the same house. They do lots of things together. They share in that. We don't really seem to have a lot of that here in America, if you ask me. It seems to be a lot less. I think we should fix that. Easier said than done, once again, but we still need to hear it. We still need to recognize that, that that's one of our problems. And then one of the final bits here. They explained Okinawans, yes, are very happy, but the country of Japan, they're actually one of the least, quote-unquote, happy people in the world. Well, why is that? They suggested, well, look, since World War II, when, you know, Nagasaki and uh, Hiroshima were completely destroyed and the empire of Japan was completely destroyed after World War II, that they had to completely rebuild from scratch everything, their entire country and economy. So those people knew they had a lot of work to do. So they worked tirelessly to try to bring their country back. And now, uh, you know, at least until like the 70s and 80s, Japan made this huge swing within just a few decades so that work ethic that that generation you know, had to have to build their country back up after the war, they instilled it into their children and then their children and vice versa. And so it continued all the way down. And now that's why Japanese are so unhappy. They're so focused on work and that's it. They will put their family and friends off to the side and say, you know what, I have work to do tonight. No, thank you. I'm not going to go out with you. They will prioritize their job over friends and family. This documentary explained the whole time the importance of having people in your life. That's why you feel good. That's where you can find the happiness. You don't find the happiness in external things like your image, your money, or status, trying to be someone famous and powerful. No, you're not going to find happiness that way. You do it through internal means, and that would be self-improvement or having a relationship with a functional and good relationship with the people around you and charity, donating your time to a larger cause than yourself. The documentary spreads that out. Three things. Yes, charity to others, self-improvement, and having good functional relationships with your fellow man. That's what makes you happy. So people in Japan, are they doing that? No, they're too focused on work. I mean, that's a concept that 
bonfires brought up for a while now. Work hard, but also play hard. Japanese don't seem to play hard. They just do nothing but work. And that's sad. You shouldn't have to do that. Not in today's economy. In today's world, I should say. The importance of being happy cannot be understated. Joy does change the world. <laughs> as cheesy and stupid of a platitude as that sounds, no, if you're joyful, that is contagious. People will see that. They'll want to be around you. And then they'll ask, why the hell are you so happy all the time? You say, well, it's a choice. I'm choosing to be. Because I wake up every day knowing, hey, something terrible could happen today, but if it does, I will deal with it. And I'll go one step at a time, one hour at a time. I still have my food that I get to eat. Other people don't get to. I have a house over my head. Some people don't. I still have friends and family that love and say and care for me, I'm, and I care for them. Having that community is what keeps you alive. If you're all alone, that's definitely one of the worst experiences a human being can undergo. Having no one. That's why whenever I see movies where they're the family or the individual is having a really rough time and they think, oh, I'm in dire straits. What am I supposed to do? And they sleep on the street or they're starving to death. You think, well, where are your friends or your family that you could turn to in those horrific conditions and say, I, I've lost everything. Can I stay at your house? And then where are the people that say, yeah, please come in. We want to take care of you. That's the way to do it. Nobody should be suffering on their own. So there you have it. There's a documentary called Happy... On Netflix, it, yeah, gets a three out of five. There weren't too many illuminating moments in the documentary that I thought, wow, that's incredible. I've never heard that before. No, it was okay. But it, it, yeah, it was still worth my hour 15. There were stories, personal stories and anecdotes that they shared. And you thought, wow, that's inspiring. That's cool. That's fun. That's uh, not fun. That's the wrong word. That's good to see. It's a healthy thing. Kind of brings you back to earth to realize, you know what? Yeah. We do have it good, almost no matter where you are in the world, because they brought up people in India where the guy said, yeah, we live in a shack and we have some walls and we, we live well, we're happy. And you think, what? Seriously? Because someone like me feels bad for him thinking like, wait a minute, you don't have a solid roof over your head. You don't have a car that can easily get you to your job or your job as a digger doesn't look very fulfilling. Don't you want to do something else with your time and make more money so that you can afford more food, whatever. That's how our minds work here in the first world. But then over there, he says, yeah, our family and I, we're happy. We've got things taken care of. You know, we got our food. We have something over our heads. We sleep well. But he was also stressing the importance of the family and the friends that he has around him, that they're all happy. They're all sharing in it together. That kind of makes you think like, wow, you know what? I think he's right. It's not all about the money. And you think, yes, to a degree, if you're dirt poor, getting more money will make you happier because you'll be able to pay your bills. You'll be able to have clothes, a full belly every day. Okay, there is when it takes care of those basic needs. But then when you start thinking, what kind of new car, another car can I buy? What more crap can I add into my house? That doesn't make you more happy. What does is the people in your life. So look to make more friends, more acquaintances, share your time, your energy, your attention with other people. That is where you will find it. The Bonfire, only on the Blaze Radio Network. The Bonfire with Andrew Herzog. Happiness doesn't happen to you. You have to find it yourself. And everybody can define it in a different way, saying like, well, food makes me happy when I get this type of meal for lunchtime. That's my best part of my day. And therefore, that makes the rest of the day a great day, no matter what happens. That's what motivates you for the day and puts you in a good mood. Everyone has a different metric for happiness. The Bonfire. 
On Demand. New episodes posted every Saturday at noon Eastern on theblaze.com slash radio. SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play Music. This is The Bonfire On Demand on the Blaze Radio Network. Here's your host, Andrew Herzog. All right, I found an article on futurism.com. Kind of an interesting website. I've talked about some of the articles here before about tech and future predictions. Well, here's one that caught my attention. 11 extinct animals that are on the list to be brought back to life. Oh, okay. Now, you know, some say, hey, this is playing God, trying to reintroduce these species into the world. If they're gone, they're gone. Leave them alone. Now, I'll tackle that in a second. Let me just name what these 11 extinct animals are. The Caspian tiger. The 300-pound tiger that was in Turkey. It looks like Central Asia. They went extinct in the 60s due to poaching and habitat loss. Scientists involved in the study want to bring back the tiger by using genetically similar Siberian tiger species. All right, so the Caspian tiger, they want to try to bring it back because we poached them and they just eventually disappeared as late as the 1960s. Now, something called the Auroch, A-U-R-O-C-H, Auroch, maybe. The Auroch was once found throughout Europe, Asia, and North Africa, and it was estimated to be seven feet tall. Scientists plan to bring them back by selectively breeding cattle species, some of which are carriers of the Auroch DNA. And you see the picture here, and you're like, oh, that looks kind of cool. Never seen it before. Same thing with the Caspian tiger. That thing looks intense. Absolutely intense. And then here's the dodo bird. Yeah, that's one of the quintessential extinction species. There was a nearly intact dodo skeleton found back in 2007. And hopefully the scientists are thinking this could have some valuable, valuable DNA that they can use and try to re, uh, you know, resurrect the bird, bring it back to life. And then here's another one, the woolly mammoth. Yes, they were the large elephant-like creatures that were found on Wrangell Island before their extinction 4,000 years ago. So it seems like, yeah, Man used to share some space with the woolly mammoth, and now they're gone. Then, of course, they've been finding lots of specimens up in the ice that are preserved, they're frozen, then they're able to kind of see the hair, and maybe even, I think they had a meal in the stomach of one of these things that they said, wow, here's what it ate. That's cool. I think that's cool. That's interesting. And so they're trying to access some of the DNA in those bodies and think, well, can we de-extinction these things, if that's even a word? Probably not. Let's see, there's the Cuban macaw, which looks like just another macaw, really. Nothing too special. A woolly rhinoceros. Interesting. That sounds hmm, kind of cute and threatening at the same time. A Labrador duck. Not sure why. And a moa. This is big. It's looking like an ostrich. It's like a woolly ostrich. There's a lot of woolly crap around here. The baiji, it looks like a Kind of a dolphin, bottlenose, swordfish, weird kind of creature. And I'm looking at it, a picture, like it's in the water. So they can't have gone extinct, you know, thousands of years ago or something. This must have been relatively early. So they're trying to bring that one back to life. And then this final one, a gastric brooding frog. (laughs) That sounds, yeah, let's bring that one back. Okay. Now here's the case. People say we do need to bring them back because it helps the ecosystems. You know, there's a, a food chain. When they disappeared, that affected some of the food chains. Now, some other animals are probably breeding out of control, and they're hard to maintain. They're saying, yeah, we should bring them back to bring a little balance back to nature. Okay, there's there's one explanation. 
You get people on the other side saying, no, this is playing God. We have no right to do this. This is this is unnatural. It shouldn't be done. I, I honestly don't know. I'm not even sure where I stand on this. I understand the idea, hey, bring him back so that the ecosystems can sort of balance out. Because, yes, the food chain is important. Everything is eating something. <laughs> we have to maintain this world. It is our world. It's up to us to kind of care for it and manage it. So since I believe that, sort of, hmm, I'm trying to think of the word. What are we? Hmm, I cannot think of the word, and that's a shame. We are managers of this world, for lack of a better word. It's up to us to care for it and control it, almost. The animals, we can't control the weather, obviously. We're not, we're not deities. But when it comes to animals... Fauna, flora, the waters, coral reefs. Yeah, we have to do our part to make sure we don't trash the place. So if we have an opportunity to bring some of these animals back and see these beautiful creatures, that's interesting to me. Kind of on board with that. But that's not a good enough reason to just say, oh, why not? Let's just bring it back. Mm -mm. <laughs> what is your reason? You're bored? You just want to start screwing around with DNA? Because you could stir, you could create something that's pretty god-awful. And you think, wow, that was a mistake. <laughs> I'm not talking Jurassic Park here. Just saying something like, wow, this was an abomination that we made. That was kind of stupid. I don't know why we started screwing around with cloning and doing all this kind of stuff. Who knows? I don't. We're right at that edge. Where should we be doing this? Do we actually know what we're doing? We may think we understand the breakdown of all this science and how it works. But what if we don't? What if we actually make a stupid, terrible, tragic mistake? Don't know. It's not so simple as just, oh yeah, we have total control. We know what's going on. This is Gattaca. We have total knowledge on how to tweak things at the you know, molecular level. Mm, not so sure about that. I am on board, though, with the kind of trying to balance an ecosystem, that idea of like, let's introduce this species to kind of make sure that this keeps that animal in line and then that keeps that little bug in check and this frog and they eat this, they eat that and return nature. Because nature is beautiful, absolutely. You know? Mankind has made some tremendous things in our existence, but nature was here first, and it's gorgeous. Who doesn't want to go to the mountains? Who doesn't want to go to the beach and see these pristine, clean, untouched by man things? Because it's interesting. You think like, wow, humanity is all over the world, but when you see something that have, has anybody ever been here, wow, this is incredible. This is a state park. This is this area that's set aside to be preserved, and that is that makes you kind of feel good. That makes me feel good, and I think, cool, we're caring about the planet. We certainly don't need to be, I'm not blaming anybody. I'm not a, an eco-nut by any means, but I do care about the planet for sure. Maintain it to keep it beautiful so that we can enjoy it. We are supposed to be using it. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to save the planet so we leave it completely alone. No, I want to use it. <laughs> we just need to use it wisely. And you know, some people are, some people aren't. What are you going to do? There are stupid people and there are normal smart people. That's the way it works. So... All right, well, there's your little sort of sciency extinction segment of the day. On the other side, at the final block, I'm going to bring Daniel back. We're going to talk about the good stuff, the sports, the Super Bowl. This is The Bonfire on the Blaze Radio Network. Hey, I want to talk to you a little bit about the trouble that I have sometimes with my son and my daughter. They love the Internet, as I do. The Internet is an incredible resource, educational, social, recreational. It's all good, except it's not all good. Some of it is real bad, and it can show up on your kid's screen when you least expect it. 
So how do you as a parent handle it? I want to tell you about Hero Parental Control. It's the most comprehensive family internet solution available, and the activity from all of your family's devices can be filtered, can be monitored, and even tracked via GPS from a dashboard on your phone or your iPad. Material that may be healthy for a teen can be harmful to a young child, and so you need to have the perfect protection level from toddler to teen to mom and dad. One of the most important steps to a safer internet in your home is recognizing this is a really big issue. Hero gives you the power to create a protected and nurturing online environment. There's nothing like it. Try Hero. Block the bad. Choose what's good for your family. Visit blazehero.com. That's blazehero.com. This is the Bonfire On Demand. Hosted by Andrew Herzog. On the Blaze Radio Network. And we're back for the D-Block here with our special guest, Daniel Doty. Miss Teen USA 2011. Hello. And we're here to talk about the important things. You know, that's why you come to the bonfire. You don't come here for politics, trashy news like that. No, we don't care. Not here. (laughs) We're here to talk about the Super Bowl. So, Super Bowl 51. I was talking to you in the hallway. It seems we have a difference of opinion here. I I want the the Atlanta Falcons to win. And I am Patriots all the way. Why? Why? How You're from you Texas. How Nobody can you go except against Boston Tom Brady? likes it. Okay, well, like how? Tommy is a pretty boy. That's why, in my opinion, is he a good football player? Yeah, sure. I admit that. I just hate the team. Going They're for so... his fifth Super Bowl ring. Yes, he is. is. That right? Yes, he is. Okay. If so he, he gets good. it, if yes, no, he is very good. <laughs> if he wins, all right, that's cool. Seventh to kind of... time in the Super Bowl. Is it the seventh time? Mm-hmm. Mm, but he lost twice to Eli, so that's uh, uh, um, Falcons have been there how many times? <laughs> Never, as far as I know. Once. Really? When yeah, was that? They didn't win. Nineteen ninety or yeah, nineteen ninety nine, I think. Who were they playing? <clears throat> it wasn't Titans. No. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It shows how much I know, but that's They lost. So it's Yeah, okay. they definitely lost. And then is it Matt Ryan, the quarterback? Yeah. I swear I forget his name. What is his name? Damn it. <laughs> I just don't want the Patriots, I'm sorry. Having them in almost every single Super Bowl for the past decade. It's just getting old. Defense wins Super Bowls. That's true. And they have one of the best. They beat Seattle that one year, which was just ugh, heart-wrenching. That was I, a huge game. Neither one is my favorite team, and this Agreed. is what always Agreed. happens in the Super Bowl. I'm like, you know what? I don't care about either one of you, but I'm just going to pick a team and stick with it. I feel and like that's it's... what happens to a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Poor Cleveland, for I mean, example. At the, of, I mean, at the end of the day, it is two, two teams in. Yeah. So you got to pick one. You have to go with one. And I mean, it's like a bandwagon. Like either you hate the Patriots or you love them. Right. You hate Tom Brady or you love him. Right. So it's kind of, I feel like it's going to be a good game. And knowing that they have won so many times and they do have that love-hate relationship with their fans, um, or I guess not with their fans, but with people the across country. yeah, oh, yeah, the country. Um, I think a lot of people want to see the Falcons win just to have a new yeah. team in there. But I'm going with the Patriots for sure. See, last year I went for Denver because I didn't like Cam Newton. I wanted him to be put in his place, and he oh. was. Yeah, I was not a fan. He is. I thought he was too cocky. This year, I think he learned his lesson because yeah. he is nowhere near the playoffs in the Super Bowl. <laughs> and then Brady, I'm like, all right, I just don't like Belichick. And then he's Patriots, the best coach. He's the best coach. See, I guess I'm more about people's personalities. I don't like LeBron either. Is he great? Oh, he's a great player. Okay, I mean, Belichick, I great coach. Tom Brady, great player. But sometimes it's just you people rub me the wrong way. I, don't I got like you. And I'm just like, all right. I got you. I'm I not going to root for sense. you. So that's really what it is. And I'll give you that. I mean, I, I they do have that 
cocky little attitude going into it. And I hate that in sure. any sport. I don't care who you are. It's like, just play the game. If you're good and you know it, just play your game. And, and then sure let your actions are. speak for you. Yeah, I like them, <laughs> I like them firm. I like them, I like them filled and just the way I like them. Yeah. I'm sure they'll be double-checked, triple-checked, and quadruple-checked this that year. That was the best press <laughs> conference I'd ever seen in my life. I'm like, Tom, do you? Okay, I'm just going to sit here. <laughs> it just made my day. And what was that, a year ago? Yeah, that was a year yeah. ago because they didn't make it into the uh, Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Deflate gate. Oh, yeah. Someone was saying, how many times is that going to be mentioned during the Super Bowl? It's going to be mentioned. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, no. And it's going to be, Houston, we have a problem. Deflate oh. <laughs> Those two things are going to be said over and over again. I'm glad absolutely. it's in Texas this year. I am, too. I wish I was going. Uh, yeah, I do, too. I've never been to a Super Bowl. This year, though, if it was the Cowboys, Ooh, I would have. That would be huge. Especially when we had rookies this year mm-hmm. leading the team. I mean, poor so Romo, close. he gets hurt, and you're I just know. like, I know, I feel bad for him. And then uh, Dak Prescott takes over. You're like, wow, you're actually, you handle it relatively well until you got yeah. to the playoffs. We never win a playoff game, ever. Maybe Most it'll be our turn next year. Hopefully. Because then he'll, he'll have a season yeah, under yeah, his he'll belt. Yeah, he'll have a season. He won't be as new as he was this year. Mm-hmm. So I think it'll be good. I think See, we'll have a strong year. I don't consider Do- uh, Dak very cocky. He would play the game, do his thing. No. And then in his off time, along with all the other Cowboys, they'd go and do some charity work. Well, that's what I was going to say. Speaking on personality, um, I've read a lot of stories about him and, you know, his heart with his mother and stuff like that. And so mm-hmm. I do think he is a really, really good guy. Right. Which that can lead a team pretty far. Definitely. Brady, not Brady. Sorry. Romo was a good guy. I don't know about Brady. To be fair, I don't really follow up on the Patriots. So maybe he is a good guy. Maybe he donates his time and money to charities as well sure and i've heard actually lebron does the same thing but when you play the game that also just rubs me the wrong way when you flail all over the basketball court or you're such a pretty boy or your coach is a cheater (laughs) amen to that uh it just it's it just kind of gets to you what about what about that uh halftime show with lady gaga are you excited no really disappointed i mean so wait Katy perry was two years ago and then last year was Coldplay. And now it's Lady Gaga, right? I think that's the yeah, order. I, think I was more excited for Katy Perry. Versus, I just do not. Right. Lady but Gaga. I think she'll put on a good show. Oh, She's yeah. a performer. Yeah, she is. A hundred percent. So I think it'll be, I think it'll be a good show. And there was like talk about Beyonce. Maybe. Well, she's pregnant now. So right. I don't think she can show but up. But wasn't she going to do something? Maybe. Or was I that would, just a rumor? I, I would not be surprised. She shows up and, you know, this pregnant break belly. the internet <laughs> crap. I hate when <laughs> I see that on every article. You're like, hey, I have a baby. Oh, Beyonce broke the internet. No, she didn't because it was I don't the most care. liked photo on Instagram. What? What? Really? Her pregnant photo? I'm so sad that I know this, but Kendall Jenner used to have the most liked photo on Instagram. Well, don't quote me, but I'm almost 100%. Okay, that's a really high percentage there. <laughs> but I'm almost positive that it came out that maybe it was like the quickest liked photo. I don't know. They're always coming up with new records of some celebrity stats. making some. Most number of likes from Seattle. You're like, what? Yeah, I don't exactly. care. <laughs> uh, she she has some new record. That's the thing I heard. We'll go with that. Yeah. Well, in today's social media world, those records are so bizarre. I think. Like, oh, how many likes do you have and shares and tweets? Oh, oh okay. yeah. How many Whatever. followers? How, how many, many followers? This? How many that? Oh yeah. yeah. People get their their reinforcement on how many likes they have. I used to do the same thing. I used to be all over Facebook and maybe either post something or write something and saying, all right, how many people are going to like it? And if yeah. it didn't get enough. I'd be almost devastated. I yeah. thought, this well, is not like, healthy for me. When's the prime time to post? Right. I just, I gave up on that. I couldn't do it anymore. It ate up too much mental energy and emotion. I thought, I can't do this anymore. I know. I think for a while, I like wouldn't post a photo because I just, so much work, so much energy. I'm like, oh, 
It's good yeah. to take breaks because every now and then I will have a picture that's actually worth sharing. And I'll think, yeah. wow, this is a gorgeous mountain that I just climbed. Let me share this with the world. And then yeah. I don't care how many people like it. I just wanted to put it out there. Well, so it's good to take breaks like that. Yeah. It'll be good. Wait, who, what about the national anthem? I think Missing? that's Luke Bryan. Which that would make me I so nervous. <laughs> really? He's, you were a Debbie Downer on this entire uh, Super Bowl. Yeah. I, I mean, last year, Coldplay and Broncos. I was much happier last year. This one, I'm like, eh, I'll just go with Atlanta because I don't want the Patriots. And Honestly, then, I don't even remember last year's. All I can remember is the year before with the dolphin or what was it? It was a shark. Hey, oh, whatever. That was funny. Because <laughs> we're all watching thing. like, is he kind of off a little bit? And then the internet went all over it. You're like, yeah. oh yeah, I guess he did. That's why I'm, I won a moment like that this year. A funny moment, yeah. Yeah. I don't want a Janet Jackson moment. Not no. one of those again. Oh my gosh, I was like eight when that happened. I think I was too. <laughs> eight or ten. And then my parents would be like, oh, and they'd like try to shove me out of the room. Oh, and I'm yeah. like, what's going on? <laughs> something something memorable. And fun. Oh, she did say like, my show is going to be inclusive. Okay. What? Are you, as opposed to being exclusive? I, yeah, I'm like. Of course. I would um, hope so. Yeah. National television. Now, Luke Bryan, yeah, is supposed to sing the national anthem. He, I... I would imagine he would show up for the halftime, maybe like at the end for one song with Lady Gaga. I would mm -hmm. imagine if he's already there, they're not going to not use him yeah. for the halftime show, I would think. I just would be really nervous to sing the national anthem. I, I know the words. Most people would. I know the words. You, th see, you think you do, but when you're being watched by everybody, and that's what happens to a oh, lot yeah. of people, they just go, oh, I forgot the words. Well, I I've been at the, I was telling you earlier, I've been at the championship of Dallas for tennis, mm -hmm. and they sing the national anthem every night, and I swear last night, words were messed up but maybe that was just me because now i i feel like now i almost wait for it to be messed up right so i like i think i'm thinking about it too much in mm -hmm. the order of the words and then if it goes too long i'm like wait a second did we Funny. already do this part yeah because i went to a dallas stars game a couple weeks ago and they're singing the national anthem and i'm kind of listening like wait a minute did she just mess up and i did a double take and i'm like you know what i don't even know I, like, that's how i, I forget got the words now myself it's that's so weird exactly how i felt I'm so like, bizarre i don't even know now and instead of listening and being patriotic, I'm like listening to be critical. All right, well, did you screw up there? No, okay. How's your tone? Okay, well, <laughs> so it's pretty funny. But there's the uh, there's the sports segment here for the end of the bonfire show, and uh, <laughs> no, that was a good segment. I I enjoy this because for about a year I, get I didn't tangents. I didn't really have anybody to talk to. I'd be by myself in a room talking to myself. You know how stupid that sounds. Anytime Sometimes. you need me, you let me know. <laughs> I will, for sure, because this, <laughs> this is has fun. This has been fun, yeah. Definitely. I can talk to a wall or a person, whichever works. See, I happen to be in the same room with her right now. <laughs> I was concerned earlier that I'd be in the other room looking through a window talking to her. That's, I don't know, that's weird, I think. Yeah. So, but this was fun. Glad we're in the same room. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Danielle. Ladies and gentlemen, this was the Bonfire Podcast. Be sure to find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, of course, and the main website, bonfirethoughts.com. Andrew Herzog, out. This is the Bonfire. On demand on the Blaze Radio Network.